0: And the word of God says, Luke chapter 9, starting in verse 1, When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra tunic. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If the people do not welcome you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave their town as a testimony against them. So they set out and they went from village to village, preaching the gospel and healing people everywhere. Now, Herod the Tetrarch heard about all that was going on and he was perplexed. Because some were saying that John had been raised from the dead. Others that Elijah had appeared. And still others that one of the prophets of long ago had come back to life. But Herod said, I beheaded John. Who then is this I hear such things about? And he tried to see him. When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Ah, I'm just going to focus on two things with you this morning. Um, Had more, but but felt like trimming it down a little bit. Just really two very important takeaways for us. And, and here's here's the first thing I want you to understand this morning is is that in Christ um, we get to share in the purpose and in the power of God. Okay, in Christ we get to share in the purpose and the power of God it says that he he gave them uh, says that he gave them that's a gift by the way that that really is important in how we're going to view what's going on here that, that has great ramifications on on how we think about it now this text is unique but this text ties in with the great commission okay and so we need to understand that when when, when christ says these kind of things it has great application unto us because jesus says the same thing in the great commission which is for all of his followers and and and, and so and, and even there in the great commission it says jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth i now give unto you this is a gift, folks. And if we don't view it as a gift, it really affects um, how how we go about life. And so I just want you to file that away. We're going to come back to that in a second. But it says he gave them this gift. He gave them power and authority. And those are interesting terms, which we'll break down in a second. But both of those words in the Greek mean power. He gave them power and power. They're just two different words for power. They have different meanings. But Jesus gave them power upon power, okay? And he gave them power upon power to do something. So it says, he gave them power upon power to, to do something, something that he himself was doing. It says, to drive out demons, to cure diseases, to preach the kingdom of God, and to heal the sick. If you take those four things and you sum them up together, it's really two commands, ready? To uh, first and foremost, preach the kingdom of God. And the second is to heal the hurting. The second is to heal the hurting. Preach the kingdom of God and heal the hurting. Okay, that this, is, this is the primary mission that we're called to. And the primary of those, of course, is preach the kingdom of God. You say, how do you know that? Because that was Jesus' primary mission. We learned this back in Luke chapter 4. Now, it's been a while since we've been in Luke chapter 4, so let me refresh your memory. Turn with me to Luke chapter 4 uh, in verse 40. Luke chapter 4 in uh, verse 40 It says, when the sun was setting, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sicknesses, and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of many people, shouting, "You are the Son of God!" But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew that he was the Christ. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, "I must." preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. I want you to notice why he doesn't leave, or why he has to leave. They, They want him to stay. Why doesn't he stay? He says, I cannot stay. I have to what? Preach. The kingdom of God. Now, did he heal people? Absolutely. Did he drive out demons? Absolutely. Did he cure the sick? Absolutely. That, that, all that came to him, he was doing great ministry, okay? He was, he was helping those that are hurting, but he said, I, I've got to leave you because I have a primary mission. And that primary mission is to preach the kingdom of God. This is why I was sent, Jesus says. This is his primary mission, and it's our primary mission as well. And so verse 44, he leaves. He goes and he keeps on preaching the kingdom of God And friends, this is Christ's mission to seek and save the lost, right? To, to preach the kingdom of God, that God's kingdom has now come. Jesus inaugurated the kingdom of God. Everything has changed in Jesus. And he's coming to preach the good news that all that believe in him can be saved. This is the primary mission. And I want you to see this. We get to share in this. Let me say that again. We get to share in this. I choose that language very carefully. We get to, not we, we have to. We get to share in Christ's purpose, in his mission, in his work, in his kingdom. We get to do it. And it's important that we understand that language because for too long the church has preached that we have to do it. And, and, and hear me, that's true too. It is a commission. It is a command. Go and make disciples. That's not optional. But when you don't preach the other side, that it's not just a command, but it's also an invitation, you lose the majesty of the invitation. What is the majesty? The majesty is that we... Sinners who were opposed to God, who, who, who were enemies of God, who by the grace of God, God died in our place while we were still in the midst of our sin. That we, who, who God has come to and rescued and redeemed, that we now get to play a part in this kingdom. That we now get to share in its glory. That we now get to share in its message. That we now get to be ambassadors. And we now get to be light bearers, shining the light of Jesus into a dark world and that people now get to hear about Jesus, not through Paul, not through Peter, not through James. Yes, they can read there, but they actually get to hear about Jesus through Alan. They get to hear about Jesus through Jerry. They get to hear about Jesus through Mike and, and through Deborah. They get to hear about Jesus through Byron, through Allison, through Matt. This is the glory, this is the majesty. We get to do that. That should floor you. It, it, should, it should absolutely floor you. That, 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 that we, the, the recipients of grace, <laughs> we the ones who know exactly how dirty we really are, and we, we try to dress up well and hide it on Sundays, but we know when we looked in the mirror this morning that we were unworthy of stepping through these doors. And and, and we, those guys, get to share. We get to share in the privilege of the cross to tell others about the kingdom of God. By the way, that's what it means to preach the kingdom of God. Some of you read this and were like, uh-uh, I ain't a preacher. <laughs> that is for that one guy. No, 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 no. That word preach it preaches uh, caruso in the Greek. It just means to proclaim. It just means to proclaim. We are all called to proclaim the kingdom of God. That God in Jesus is no longer holding men's sins against them. Don't you think that's worthy of proclaiming? I don't, I don't know about you, but to proclaim there's forgiveness available, right? That there's freedom from sin and bondage and death. That's worth proclaiming. That's worth shouting. We have an answer. Might just be time that Christians started shouting. And I don't know about you. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm floored um, by this. Uh, soon, a week from Wednesday, I'll fly back to Uganda again. And uh, it'll be a year since my first trip. And uh, I'm so thankful for you guys and, and, um, and your giving and those kind of things. Uh, and, and here's what happened our very first trip. We were at a pastor's conference, uh, kind of the first thing we did. I had no idea what to expect. We had over 500 people show up. And, and basically, you know, the plastic lawn chairs, kind of the cheaper ones that you have, they're kind of flimsier. That, that, those are the only chairs they have in Uganda, I think, uh, they're just everywhere. I don't, I don't know where they got them all. I don't know if they have a plastic chair manufacturing plant. I don't know if they ship them in from China. I have no idea. But there are millions upon millions of plastic. Uh, that, you know, and I'm not talking the sturdy ones. I'm talking the ones that got a little wobble, right? They're just, up, uh, every, we saw trucks just stacked of them driving down uh, the highway at times. And so, so we just, just I, I remember uh, first pastor's conference. They say, okay, you're going to preach now. And I just remember preaching. I remember the Holy Spirit just moving. I mean, just moving and falling on us. And I remember like, like, like just watching pastors repent, pastors repenting of sin and, and grabbing their wives and crying and weeping together. And I don't even know what was said. And I just remember when it's time to step down after an invitation, like I stepped down and I sat in this chair and I'm shaking uncontrollably. I'm weeping uncontrollably. And, and I just remember looking at John Patterson, who's with me, and I'm saying, who, who are we to do this? Who are we that we get to do this, that we get... To participate in the kingdom of God like this? Who are we? And that's the same question that every single one of us should should ask one another. Who are we? Who am I that I should get to do this? That I should get to participate in the very mission of God. The very purpose of God. That's what's going on here. I want you to see this. This is important. Jesus doesn't just say, hey. I'm going to give you my purpose. You've got to go continue all my work. He doesn't just say that. He, he, he doesn't just say, okay, good good news. You get to share in, in, in my purpose. Now, see all the things that I've been doing. I've been driving out demons and healing the sick and, 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 and curing those that are diseased. And I've been preaching the kingdom. Guess what? You guys now get to do it. See ya. Like, Jesus doesn't doesn't do that. He doesn't just share his mission, his purpose with us, and then leave us alone. He he doesn't just share his purpose. He also shares his power. And that's hugely important. Because he doesn't send us out ill-equipped. He sends us out fully equipped. And and, and so I I want you to look at this again. Verse 1, he gave them power and authority. Two words in the Greek both mean power. The first one means strength. He gave them his strength. Ability is another one. How are you going to drive out demons? How are you going to heal the sick? How, how are you going to preach the kingdom of God? Because I'm giving you my ability. I'm giving you my strength. I'm giving you the same power that I have. It, it, but not just that. It also means moral power. That's pretty huge, isn't it? In, in a world where we constantly face temptations, the Bible says that Jesus has faced every temptation that we, we would ever face. And that, and that when we are tempted, that God always provides a way out. God provides the moral power that we need to live a holy life. He provides it in Jesus. It's, it's provided. But, but then he also gives us his authority. That means power of influence or power of rule or power uh, to judge, to discern. We too have this power. You say, well, no one's going to listen to me if I talk to them about Jesus. No, they are going to listen to you because the Holy Spirit's going to do something through your words and provide you with a divine influence. An influence that you can't have on your own and by yourself. An influence where the words that come out of your mouth somehow sink into the heart of the hearer. There's no reasonable explanation why you should have influence over this person. But God provides the opportunity, you're obedient, you open your mouth, and suddenly you have influence over a person there's no way you should ever have influence over. What is that? That's Christ's power in you. That's Christ's power and you. It means we get to share in this huge, overwhelming task, but we also get to share in a power that is up to the huge, overwhelming task. It means that we're fully equipped, that we have strength, ability, moral power, influence, discernment that we need I don't know about you but that's good news to me it's good news to me i get to share in this task and i also get the power of god to do it aren't you glad that he didn't say hey why don't you join me in this task by the way it's all up to you you know the sad thing i think that's what most christians think you know why the great commission hadn't been fulfilled because we think that we're the ones that have to do it. No, we get to share in it, and he gives us his power to do it. If more Christians realized that proclaiming the good news, proclaiming the kingdom of God, was not something they did in their own power, but it was always done in Christ's power, and that he was the one fully responsible for the outcome, I think more of us would speak. I think more of us would talk. I think more of us would go. We've got to nail that down, Okay. In Christ, we get to share. We get to share in the purpose and in the power of God. All right. Second thing I want you to see this morning. It's kind of a biggie. This morning, I want you to see that in Christ, you know enough, you have enough, and you are enough. In Christ, you know enough, you have enough, and you are enough. Now, I want you to think about this task with me. Jesus says, I am sending you out into the world. I'm going to send you out to share in all the work that I have been doing. I'm going to sh- send you out to, to share in my mission. You get to go and do what I've been doing. Preach the kingdom. Heal the hurting. You get to go do that. And the disciples, while, while somewhat excited, kind of stopped and stared at Jesus about the way that you guys are looking at me. Like, uh, wait a second. Hold on. Right? Right? Hold 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 on, right? Surely Jesus, you're you're not looking at me, right? Uh, uh, I, you, you can hear some of the some some of the ones that we don't read about. Another like Bartholomew, he's he's like Jesus uh, Andrew, probably like Lord. I'm good at finding fish, but uh, this is just for Peter, right? Surely, that's what you mean. You're talking to Peter. You're not talking to me. Surely not me. And Jesus looks at them and he loves them. And he says, Oh, yeah, I'm talking to you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. And in fact, so you hear me clearly, I don't want you to take anything else with you. Nothing. Don't pack a bag. Don't bring extra supplies. Don't take any money. You go as you are. They don't feel equipped. They, they they don't feel like they know enough. They don't feel like they are enough. They don't feel like they have enough. Jesus senses it, and he says, "No, no, no, no. Listen to me. I am sending you. And oh, by the way, I'm going to send you just as you are. Ready? Go. It's pretty heavy. And why would Jesus do that? How how could Jesus do that? He just told them to. What did he tell them to do? Cast out demons, heal the sick, and preach the good news. And oh, by the way, nothing with you. God bless you. Yeah, they're freaking out. How could Jesus say that? He, he gives them such a great task, such such great purpose, such a lofty purpose. And, 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 he, and he tells them, don't, by the way, take nothing with you. How could Jesus do that? How could he say, go and do my work in the world, but just go as you are? How could he do that? Why would he do that? Here's why, ready? Here's how he can say that, ready? Because he knows exactly what he's given them. He knows exactly what he's given them. He has given them his power. He has given them his authority, right? They they have his strength. They have his ability. They have his moral power. They have influence. They have rule. They have discernment. They don't need anything else. They have Jesus. That's the point. Jesus is like, I want you to take nothing else with you because you have me and I am more than enough. I am. And because I am. You are. You're more than enough. As you are. You don't need an extra tunic. You don't need a money bag. You don't need extra sandals. You have enough. You know enough. You are enough. You've got me. Just go. Just go. Friends, the same is true of us, you know. It is. I meet so many people that are afraid to talk to anybody about God. They are gripped with fear. They feel like somehow they're going to mess it up. Really. What are you going to butcher? God loves you. Forgiveness is available. You can't really mess that up. It, it, it's really hard to proclaim there is a God and he loves you and forgiveness is available. That's very hard to butcher that. It's very hard to, to, to mess that up. Now, now you say, well, well, I, I, don't, I don't know all the details of like, like you, systematic theology. And, and I, I'm not sure about Calvin or, 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 or Arminian. You don't have to know any of that stuff. That doesn't matter. Those were guys, by the way, humans. Fully flawed people. You can go dig up their graves. Their bodies are in there. Jesus in heaven. Only only one died in heaven. Like, 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 listen, he's alive in heaven at the right hand of Father. He's God. So let's talk about him. It's not that complicated. Jesus, listen, you know enough. You don't need to take anything in because you have enough. You've got me. Do you know what? If you just went and explained to someone else what God has done in your life, that is enough. If you give them your testimony of of how God has saved you, how God has worked in you, that is enough. That is enough. You're a witness at that point. You're a witness at that point. We have enough to be these proclaimers. He's given us everything that we need to do it. And here's the key. Ready? This is the key. It's relying on those things he's given us, not on the things we've collected. Can I say that again? (laughs) It's relying on the things that he has given us, not on the things that we have collected. Jesus says, don't apply your supplies to my mission. I don't need your extras. I just want to use, I want you to use what I've given you. I'm enough. And because of that, you're enough. Okay, so... Uh, Listen, you say, Pastor, That sounds. are you telling me I shouldn't learn anymore? No, you shouldn't learn. But I'm telling you that in any situation, when you feel like you're not up to the task, you're always up to the task. Because you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, and the Holy Spirit ultimately is the one that changes people's hearts and minds. He has given you a supply, an unending supply, that is far greater than any need or situation that you'll encounter in this life. You're enough, and you're enough because he's enough. So what do we do with, with this text? Uh, I'll give you a couple of things very quickly, and I'll be done. Number one, um, I, I, I challenge you to see the amazing opportunity that God gives you, right? The Great Commission is, is a gift. It's an opportunity. When, when Jesus says in Matthew twenty eight eighteen through 20, all authority on heaven and earth has been given unto me, therefore I say to you, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you, we usually freak out. We, we've preached it as our our, our, our Christian uh, duty. But here's the deal. It really is our Christian opportunity. That's what it is. It's an invitation. We, we, the majesty of it, we get to do this. We get to represent God every day when we get out of bed. We, we get to be ambassadors for Jesus. We get to shine light in our world. We get to. Not, not just we have to, we get to. So you've got to view it as opportunity. It should totally change the way that, that, that you view the Great Commission. It should totally change the way that, that you view a lot of things, really. I think I've shared with you uh, once or twice the story of a, of a pastor that found out he was terminally ill. And... Uh, And it totally changed the way he viewed ministry. He used to say, I've got to go to church today. I've I've, got to go to work. I've got to preach. I've got to do a funeral. I've got to do a wedding. When he found out he was dying, that that word got to, uh, that little phrase immediately switched to get to. I get to go to work today. I get to go to church today. I get to preach again today. I get to share the gospel today. I get to do premarital counseling. I get to pick up some trash that somebody missed around the trash can. I get to clean a toilet that that a little kid uh, happened to miss and the wall behind it too. I get to do that today. This morning when the alarm clock went off, did you say to one another, oh, we've got to go to church? Or when it went off, did you wake up with a smile on your face and say, honey, we get to go to church today. We get to have another cup of coffee together. We, we get to go to work on Monday. We get to. We get to see life as the divine opportunity that it is. You've been invited into the story of Jesus. You've been invited into the story of Jesus and you get to play a part of the kingdom of God. You get to tell others about him. It's a divine opportunity, okay? Second, understanding that it's a divine opportunity I I I I encourage you. I plead with you to humbly say yes. Humbly say yes to that divine opportunity. Right? Uh, shared with you before. Uh, there, there's a little book that that it's not the deepest theological book you'll ever read, uh, but it will challenge you in some core uh, things about how you think. It's called Love Does, and uh, by Bob Goff. And one of the things that it, it, it reminds us is love is a verb. Love is an action word. And one of the things he was challenged to do was was to start saying yes. He, he looked at himself and said, I'm a person that can say no a lot. When I say no, I stay in my comfort zone. <laughs> I don't have a lot of opportunities to minister to others. I don't have a lot of opportunities for God to, to work and, and do things in my life because I'm just doing it according to my standards, according to what limitations I have. I'm too tired for that. I don't have enough time for that. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. But when you say yes, you, you have to lean into Jesus because you find yourself in areas that you're not comfortable with, doing things that you're not comfortable doing. That's part of sharing the gospel, right? That's an, that's an uncomfortable area. So the challenge, say yes. Just say yes more often. Do it and just see what happens, right? I, I, just try it. Because I'm, I'm floored by the fact that, that uh, in, in another week, that'll be my third time in Africa. If you told me ever in my life I was going to Africa, I'd say, you are nuts, there's no way. No way, I'm not going to Africa. Uh Uh-uh, it ain't happening. It ain't happening. The mosquitoes and the malaria and all the other, uh uh-uh, ain't happening. I'm going to go do it, right? You told me that when I'm in Africa, I'm going to be hugging and loving on little kids, orphans, don't have anybody else to hug them. The three kids that we support, their mom passed away last few months. It's a whole nother meaning to support when I got their letter this time. One of the little girls prayed for my wife and said, I pray that you're well and that you don't die. When's the last time you prayed that for somebody? Probably haven't, because you haven't experienced that kind of loss, right? Mom just died of HIV. See, everything changes. You told I get to do that. I I, I get to do that. Guys, I I believe wholeheartedly we're going to have this divine opportunity to do something in the life of this church like like, this this moment, you know, Esther, for such a time as this, God's calling this church into such a time that, that we all are going to have an opportunity. We're going to get to participate in something that, that I, I, I think very few people get to do. We talk about moving a church to a, to a whole new place and, 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 and providing 18 acres so that the church can grow for years and years and years and years. And some of you are going to say, oh, we have to do this. no. We get to, we, we get to bear the burden. We get to pay the first fruits of people that we may never meet. We get to, that's a, that's a, that's our divine opportunity by God. We get to do that. Can you imagine? Who are we? Who are we that God would choose people like us to do something that would have a lasting impact in this town? Who are we? Right? We get to. But here's what it's going to come down to: You can. Oh no! Aren't we going to say yes? Are we going to lean in? Are we going to step into Jesus, right? We, 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 we gotta say, yes, you're going to see your neighbor sometime this week across the street and you can either wave in your comfort zone or you can hear God going. You don't even know their name. (laughs) Yes, Lord, I will step over and shake that hand and introduce myself. Even though we've been living across the street from one another for years, I get to do that, right? So humbly say yes. I challenge you. So many good things come out of saying yes. The last one I'd uh, I'd leave you with is this. Uh-huh. Go. <sighs> Whether it's across the street or across the world, across the aisle, go, and this is what you go knowing. You go knowing that because of Jesus, you are equipped. You are fully equipped. Um, I, I, the, the gravity of what Christ calls us to is not lost on me. Okay? I am one of you, I get it. Like I fully get the gravity of, of, of that. Go and make disciples. Like That's, that's a heavy, heavy task. It's one I'm, I'm just, the last few weeks, I'm like, Lord, are you sure you weren't asking somebody else to go tell other pastors how to teach the Bible? Because I feel so ill-equipped. But you know what? He says the same thing to me that he says to you, that he says to people that are going to go to church across the street over there. Remain in me, right? Abide in me. I've got you covered. I am enough. And because I'm enough, you are enough.